Welcome to the Ike Badgers Podcast. My name is Alex Eichstead, and you are listening to Season 2 of Badgers and Friends from Ike Badgers. That's 12 weeks, 12 episodes, 12 players, 12 tremendous conversations. And we're getting right to it. Today we sit down with safety Eric Burrell. EB's in the house, and we're excited to have him. He's a safety, played at Madison last season, and this is going to be his first year in the NFL. So welcome, Eric. Let's dive into it. Eric Burrell, welcome to the show. How you doing? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me. Yeah, thanks so much for coming on, Eric. Uh, For those that don't know Eric, he's been a crown jewel in the Wisconsin secondary for so many years, delivering hard hits and exciting plays. And he now joins us having signed with the New Orleans Saints in the NFL. Today, we're going to tell his story. My name is KJ Eichstead. We're here with Eric Burrell, and you're listening to the Ike Badges Podcast. So, Eric, first off, what was this whole, like, you know, entering the NFL experience like? Like, what were you hearing during the draft? And can you take us through the moments immediately after when you and your agent brokered a deal with the Saints? Yeah. um, So, after the season, obviously, I was – trying to figure out which agent uh, best fit for me and my family uh, to decide that. After uh, I decided that, I ended up going to train in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Um, I was there for two months. And then um, I came back. I had pro day. And after that, I was just talking to a decent amount of teams. Um, Depending on where they saw me at, I was doing Zoom calls and regular calls. Um, I, I think it was a excited moment obviously there's not a lot of people that make it uh this far um so Mm -hmm. i felt real good during that but then i was talking to other people and just uh how stressful things can get uh especially when you and your family um so uh that was a little thing that took a toll on me but um just having a lot of people around me in the support system to help me get through these uh times um but my dreams finally came true Uh, i think that this was the excited moment for me um to I worked this hard uh, ever since I was little, uh, ever since I was eight years old, and now I'm 23 years old. So it's 15 years later, and now I'm uh, in this moment. And so I'm, I'm I'm happy to be a saint, and I'm I'm excited to get going. Man, that was really cool. I was just thinking uh, back to your Twitter account on draft day. You know, we were following along, and I think everyone knew, you know, you, you put in the work and your pedigree was going to get you an opportunity. And uh, But it was just cool just to see you tweet, you know, God is good and like dreams come true. And uh, cause, cause you're right. Not many people make it this far. And, and what's super cool is like, you didn't come this far just to come this far. And your coach Leonard, um, you know, he's kind of like a, a an example right in front of you where, you, you know, so, some things break your way and, and you might have a long, nice opportunity to keep playing, keep fulfilling your dream for a long time. So that's a, uh, that's really cool to hear. Um, was New Orleans kind of like the plan all along or uh, were you maybe narrowing it down to a few of those good fits, kind of like you were saying? Um, yeah, um, obviously, uh, on the draft day, I kind of figured I wouldn't go the first two days. Um, so I was really banking on the third day, uh, anywhere five, six, seven range. Um, I really thought I had an opportunity, so it was very stressful watching that. But I, I knew uh, my opportunity uh, will present itself when the time was ready. Um, I did not talk to the Saints at all during this process, but it's crazy because during the process, like uh, when everybody goes through this time and doing the the pre-draft training, um, the teams that get you 
are the teams that talk to you the least. Like, uh, and I heard that from guys that got drafted the first round, second round, all the way down to seventh. And it's just crazy how things work, man. It's just on draft day, a lot of people, um, you just look at that, and I'm just like, wow. Like, we didn't even talk to this team during the time. But um, I, I thought uh, during the, the draft and stuff, uh, I was definitely looking at the different safeties and different fits that they had. Uh, it was disappointing my name didn't get called, but uh, another opportunity came, and um, I, I took it in, and I'm going to run with it. So uh, I'm just happy to uh, just be ready, and uh, when my time comes, it, it, I will be ready. Man, I love that. That uh, that fires me up hearing that. Um, and and yeah, I think you know you got a chance, and that's all you can really ask for. And uh, you know, like you said, got the great attitude of making the most of it. Uh, so so it's got to be pretty exciting to reunite with Zach Bond. Um, <laughs> I mean, did you guys get on the phone like pretty quickly after? <laughs> yeah, we did. Uh, he was my first call. Man, I, I was just happy for that. And he's like man, you can come out. You can live with me. And obviously his wife. And it's like, he said, you can live with me. We got two bed, two baths. So whenever you want to come, let me know. And then I was stoked about that. <laughs> I mean, I know a couple of other guys on the team, but Zach, I was real close with him when I went to Wisconsin. And mm-hmm. uh, he, he's like a big brother to me. Um, so uh, I'm just happy to have one of my teammates that I played with in college. And I'm, I'm just ready to get after it with him. Obviously, he's on the defensive side, so he'll definitely help me out with yeah. um, whatever I need. So and it, it'll be fun. Man, that's awesome. It's just like another person you can kind of continue the Wisconsin way with, but just this time in the NFL, you know, like you guys would always push each other to be great. Um, so you guys had a really good, you both had amazing seasons playing alongside each other in 2019. Um and so, like, in addition to Zach, maybe expanding off that, like, what did, uh, you know, did you talk to him, any other Badgers players in the NFL? And then, like, what did they tell you about the process, whether it was Zach? And then, like, how did it help kind of prepare you for what eventually led you to where you are right now, like, in a New Orleans Saints? Like, maybe, I know Ryan Ramchick's on the team, I believe, right? And, uh, yeah, just maybe talk about that for a bit. Yeah, I mean, just going through the process, man, it's just a lot of thing that I would describe it as is cutthroat. Mm. (laughs) Obviously, there's uh, general managers and head coaches. They tell you everything you want to hear, but obviously it comes down to the fits and needs that they have. Um, But the motto that I live by, expect nothing, be grateful for anything. Obviously, uh, just talking to my ex-teammates that I play with are all in the league now, and it's just – they just said when your opportunities come, you got to be ready for that moment. Uh, a lot of things change in the NFL, uh, but I think once you get there, obviously 32 teams in there so that you're being evaluated every day. So you just got to be prepared. Uh, they look at everything. Uh, you walk in, uh, you talking, how you talk to people, uh, weight room, and literally everything, everything they look at because there's a million people out here that want to be in this position that we're in. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just you, you're – it's a job now. Obviously, you got to take it. You got to be professional with everything you do. Um, I think one person, Dakota Dixon, uh, that, that's like a big brother of mine. Um, I, I've been talking to him for a while. Daria Gumawale, that's another guy. Obviously, JT's different because we we expected him to, you know, be a higher priority. But I'm seeing a guy similar to Daria and uh, Dakota. Just I was I, or Leon Jacobs, but he ended up getting drafted in the seventh round. But uh, just Dakota and Daria. Just just being undrafted, um, going through their process. I'm like, how's it going? Uh, after uh, I was called by New Orleans Saints and they said, hey, we want to sign you and stuff. So I started calling them. I'm like, hey, what did y'all expect? 
Was it how you planned it to be this, that, and a third? And so, um, they just dropped some gems on me and stuff like that. And I continue to just keep, you know what I mean? Uh, hone in on all the details and make sure I'm ready when the time comes. Yeah. So I have to ask you, like, as you, as you were coming up, um, with the Badgers, and you would see your, you know, some of your teammates, your ex-teammates, like whether it be Bond or, you know, Dakota Dixon or whoever, like get drafted in the NFL. Like, can you talk about how maybe like, you know, those are your peers, like those are the guys you, you, you know, blood, sweat and tears with in practice and went through all that with and your brothers and everything. Um, but like, did you ever kind of think like, man, like in just a, in a year or two, I might be in that exact same position where. I might be going to the NFL too. Like, can you just touch on that for a sec? Yeah, obviously it's a it's everybody's dream as a little kid when you start playing football at a young age. Um, I think everybody wants to be in that position. They look at, oh, yeah, it's a lot of money just to play football. You know what I mean? But it's more than that. If you really love that, uh, love the game, um, the money's not the the most important thing. But um, just growing up, I was just always want to be the best personnel on the field. Obviously. 11 on 11, 22 guys out there. It's like, man, I want to be the best of the best. And as I was getting older, I'm like, man, I want to be an NFL superstar one day. Yeah. Um, so as I was getting older, um, start to play a lot more different. And um, just watching them, like, obviously from high school to college, I'm like, all right, now I thought college was the big league, you know? <laughs> so going there is just uh, high school to college is a different ball game. And I got acclimated in college, and I'm like, oh, man. So now I'm with uh, Jack Sitchy, Vince Beagle, Dare, Corey Clement, uh, all those guys. And I'm like, wow. And um, so I, I was watching the, their dreams come true, and um, I'm just like, I was hopeful that I can get the opportunity to and uh, just watching them, how they work and just being professionals with everything they do. And they say, if you do everything right, man, your, your opportunity will come. You just got to be ready for it. And now my opportunity is here. So, um, but going through it in college, uh, as the years went on, I started making more plays and I'm like, wow, man, I, I definitely have the opportunity or um, mm-hmm. to, to make it in their shoes one day. Um, and then, uh, last year, uh, well, obviously when the season uh, ended and my time was coming and now I'm talking to scouts and I'm like, oh man, it, it's becoming real. It's coming reality. And, um, so I, I was excited for that. Man, how cool is that? That's just, it's almost like just to relate it to maybe a listener or even like a personal experience. It's like buying a house. Like when you're growing up, you don't, you always assume that like maybe eventually you'll buy a house, but you may see some other people doing it. And you're like, eh, like that's, that's a while off, but then yeah. like eventually you get one. You're like, Holy cow. Like I am this person. Like you are Eric mm-hmm. Burrell, who is kid, kid who grew up loving football. And now you're got an opportunity in the league. I mean, that's just amazing. Uh, wh- one last question to wrap up this, this little portion, but uh, Zach Bond, Ryan Ramchick, have they made any jokes about, uh, making you a rookie carry the pads around, grab donuts or anything like that? Nah, not not really. I haven't really got into uh, that with that, but I, I'm sure. Uh, but obviously, all rookies do that. I'm excited <laughs> for that. I mean, it's, yeah. it's a fraternity that people go through, and uh, just embracing that, man, because a lot of people uh, wish to be in that position. And obviously, uh, it's just something that you have to go through. And uh, when you get older, when you're a vet in the league, <laughs> you look back like, wow, I remember when I had to carry such and such pads. Uh, so I, I also, uh, you take it with a grain of salt. It's actually a, a, good, mo- a good moment uh, to have. And a, you know what I mean? You just cherish that.
Yeah, it's like kind of one of those things you'll always remember. Um, so, so I know you've touched on certain portions of this. Like you did kind of mention when you're you're watching the draft day three, you know, you're thinking like, hey, I, I know I can play with some of these guys. Um, but, you you know, maybe all sorts of emotions going going through your mind as you're watching it. But I want to ask you about like the off the field process in in detail, more like the first day of signing your deal, you know, like, can, can you talk about like the moment you woke up and then just like the moment you went to bed, just, just to kind of like, I really want to give the listeners uh, kind of just like taking you into an experience in case they are one day um, in your shoes. My name is Paul Hansen, founder of Iron Jock Performance Gear out of Oconomowoc, Wisconsin. Iron Jock is the most advanced workout gear and apparel in the world. Every item is scientifically designed with a superfabric called Enduratec, a technology that eliminates 99.9% of all odor-causing bacteria. No other athletic and performance apparel has what Iron Jock has, and I guarantee all of it. If for any reason, at any time, you're not satisfied, send it back. No questions asked. Join the Iron Jock Takeover. Shop at ironjoc.com. And just, just to kind of like, I really want to give the listeners uh, kind of just like taking you into an experience in case they are one day um, in your shoes, you know? So can you like talk about that? Like you woke up in the morning of, of day three, right? And then mm-hmm. uh, just, just go from there. Yeah. Uh, my dad was excited. I had uh, my dad and my grandma here and uh, I woke up. I couldn't sleep the night before, and I'm like, man, my day, my day is finally coming here. Um, so I was excited. I was in and out of sleep, and uh, when I finally uh, went back to sleep, got my good season. Uh, I woke up around like 10 o'clock, and obviously it started at 12. Uh, got some good breakfast in, and my dad was all prepared, had food and stuff ready. Um, so it's just being calm, being relaxed, just uh, enjoying the moment. I think. Uh, that's one thing that a lot of people take for granted, just being around your family, you know, in moments your, your life will be changed. Um, so then after, uh, the draft, I, I was a little upset, um, just watching and stuff and you feel like, oh man, I feel like I can be a part of such and such team. And, um, but I, I knew I had plenty of opportunities, uh, if I wouldn't get drafted in this day three. I knew after the draft or before the draft was over, my opportunity was going to come. Um, so a couple of teams contacted me and my agents, and uh, we were just trying to figure out what's the best fit for us. Um, so, uh, And then that happened, and then I ended up being a New Orleans Saint. Um, so that, that felt good for me. I was relieved, man. I took a walk around my house, <laughs> oh, yeah. probably down the street. Um, so I, I did that, man. I was just crying of joy. I, honestly, it's just you, you work so hard for this opportunity, and it's finally here. And, um, so I, then uh, my phone blew up and social media. So that felt good, man. It's just like a lot of people were behind me and support me throughout. And it wasn't just guys. It's just finally uh, when I made it. Um, well, I didn't even make it. You know what I mean? This yeah, is no, like a sure. yeah. stepping stone. But uh, it's just a lot of people. And this was people from day one, from middle school, high school, man, that watch me uh, through all that. And then finally, when the moment's here. So they they were just uh, expressing how proud they were of me and all that stuff. And it, it felt really good. Um, to, it, it lifted it lifted me up, honestly, just with the disappointment and not being drafted. Yeah. Um but uh, obviously, you look at it ahead. It's not where you start; it's where you end. Um, so, uh, I'm in, I'm excited for that. Man, that's unbelievable. That's unbelievable, and and that's it's just really cool to hear. You know, I can't really add much to that, but that's just really cool to hear. Uh, kind of taking it back to football a bit. 
What are some things you feel like you most improved on from the 2019 uh, through 2020 to the present day? And can you share with our listeners a skill or technique you're working to get better at? Um, okay. Uh, I think uh, just with Jim Leonard, um, when I first got there, I did uh, in high school, it was kind of basic with the coverages and stuff. Obviously, cover one, cover three, cover two. Those are all basic, but it was it wasn't the ins and outs. And when I got to college, it's like, whoa, this playbook is a lot more tougher than high school. Um, obviously, playing in uh, the Big Ten, obviously playing Wisconsin, you got to be um, very your IQ has to be very high um, playing in that defense and just being successful. So if you buy into that. Uh, you'll be successful. I don't care who you are. Uh, you might lack a athleticism or whatever. As long as you uh, be at the spot you're supposed to play and uh, do your one of 11, do your job uh, on the defense or the offense, wherever uh, on the field. Um, but just been understanding, uh, just talking to uh, Coach Leonard, I think that's one thing that I took pride in is just being the smartest person out there. I might not be the strongest, the fastest uh, the most athletic, but I'm going to try my best to outsmart you. Um, to, so that's one thing that I did pride. And um, just talking to Jim Leonard, every every time he, he understood where I was at as far as my IQ. And uh, each step, he, he would throw a lot more on me. So uh, I'd like to be the quarterback of the defense. And uh, that's what he put a lot of pressure on me to do that. And I was excited for that opportunity. Um, so it, it felt really good just being back there. And I, I think one thing that uh, in the defense, uh, in the Wisconsin's defense, a lot of guys uh, in the safeties don't really uh, guard slot receivers and stuff. So I think that's one thing that I really want to work on. Uh, I was covering a lot of tight ends. And when we went nickels, uh, obviously we had nickel guarding the slots. But I think one thing that I really want to work on is it's not that I can't do it, but I, I, I want to do it a lot more. It's just guarding slot receivers, uh, faster guys and stuff. So I think once I get that down, I, I'll be ready to go. Nice, nice. Uh, I'd like to ask this question. Who are a few NFL players you model your game after? Um, Jamal Adams is one guy that I really uh, look at. <laughs> yeah, uh, Tyron Matthew. Uh, I think he's those two, but <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, those guys I uh, look at. Obviously, Troy Palmalu is my favorite football player ever. Um, just I watch his highlights all the time, and I have his jerseys, literally everything. Uh, so I, I look up to him. So Troy Palmalu would probably be the one person that I want to idolize uh, with everything that I do on that football field. Man, that's super cool. Yeah, he. he I never really liked the Steelers, but you had to give Troy Palomalo his respect. And, and just the way he played mm-hmm. was just awesome. Uh, so I know you just touched on this, but, like, what was it like playing for Jim Leonard? And um, can you describe maybe something he taught you specifically as it relates to the NFL game? Because he, you know, played a similar position style as you and uh, was in the league for a while. Um, just being under Jim Leonard, man, he, obviously you can look in the past years since he's been there. When I got there in 2016, you could look at it and it's like, why is this dude so successful? And it's like, he, he tries not to overwork or make things a lot more difficult than what it is. Uh, he, mm-hmm. he's very simple. He's plain and stuff like that, but it's just, you just make the game easy. And, uh, that's one thing that he really prided in everything that he does. And, 
uh, make sure everybody's on the same page uh, with all his D coordinate with every his position team that he has, and uh, just make sure there's smart, tough, dependable uh, football players out there. And if you do that, if you do your one eleven, man, you'll you'll be successful in that scheme. Um, and just with Jim Leonard, I, like I said, my IQ, man, is it went up tremendously yeah. because of him. Um, but just uh, one thing, he texted me after the draft and stuff. He was like, now you got your foot in the door. Now you just you earn your keep. Uh, you do everything. Make it hard for them not to uh, kick you out or cut you, whatever you want to call That's it. That's a really um, good way to yeah, absolutely. And obviously and with him being in that situation, obviously he played 10 10 years in the NFL and that's hard to do, especially undrafted. And he's with, I think four or five different teams and how successful he is. So he's a legend, but uh, yes. he said, don't make it harder than what it is. You go out there, you do what you're supposed to do and you go home, make sure you take care of your body. Just be professional. Uh, that's one thing that I took from him. So, uh, I'm I'm gonna f- try my best to follow his because it's hard to do, uh, especially in the NFL. The average is I think 2.3 years or whatever the case may be. Um, I I think so. Don't quote me on yeah, that. Yeah, but, no, for sure. um, It's just very hard to be in that situation, and hopefully I can do 10 plus years. I like that. So, kind of to wrap up the the NFL portion. Um, you know, it, we've gotten to learn a lot about you uh, in, in just talking so far, but what is a team, a coach, a defense getting when they do give Eric Burrell a chance? You know, when kind of like you just said, your foot's in the door. Like, what do you, what do you, what are they getting with you? Um, I'm smart. Obviously, you can see that on the field. I'm tough. Mm-hmm. I like hitting a lot. <laughs> uh, and I'm dependable. If you need me to go in there for obviously the game on the line, uh, I'm, I'm very dependable to be in that position or make a make a play for my team to win, be victorious. So I think those three things is what I stick with me, man. Uh, smart, tough and dependable. Uh, that's what that's what I pride in. And that's what I'm going to continue to do. So uh, whatever team or it's Saints, obviously uh, now, but um, when I get there, I'm gonna be ready to work, and whatever they need me to do, I'm I'm gonna be willing to do it. Yeah, yeah. So, so now that we've touched on all the recent stuff, I just want to talk about Wisconsin for a bit. Um, taking it back to the beginning, you're from Baltimore. What do all Badger fans need? A great place to watch the game, of course. That's where our good friend Jeff Johns comes in. Jeff is one of the hardest working realtors serving Madison, Milwaukee, and everywhere in between. If you're looking to buy or sell your next home, condo, or investment property, Jeff is a great guy to talk to. He's also a great person to talk to if you're interested in learning more about real estate or getting into the industry yourself. So for a free, no obligation, review of your home, buyer consultation, or whatever you need from him, just give him a call. He's available at 262 442 2700 or jeff.johns at exprealty.com taking it back to the beginning you're from baltimore maryland on the east coast where the batters have been known to find a bunch of talented players and going back to your recruitment you ended up receiving offers from schools like arizona nebraska boston college and more before choosing to commit to wisconsin and I just want to ask Eric, what made you decide to leave the East Coast, and why Wisconsin? And was it was it an easy decision or a difficult decision for you? 
I think it was an easy decision. I think at the beginning of the process, I think it was very difficult. Um, I got my first three offers uh, one day uh, my freshman year after playing Gilman. Uh, Gilman is a big-time program in Maryland, uh, and a lot of scouts was or whatever you want to call it, coach college coaches was watching that. And it was like, wow, this this kid's good. Um, so I ended up having three offers that, and then ever since then, it's been rolling in. I ended up having like 23 scholarships, and then uh, as my time was approaching my senior year, um, I mean, I was waiting on my moments to take the high school to college jump, and then I ended up taking official to Nebraska. I thought that was a great. Uh, crazy atmosphere planning in Nebraska. Um, but I, I had a, yeah, <laughs> so I had a great time there. And my, uh, that was when Mike Riley was the head coach. And then I, I really enjoyed that. And then I took my official to Wisconsin. And I don't know, it was just that gut feeling. Uh, I felt real good going there. I didn't. Uh, when I went from middle school to a private high school, my dad allowed me to make that decision. And I look back, I didn't regret that. So he was like, man, uh, you made that decision uh, so you can make this decision. And I felt real good. Now I'm looking back in that college uh, career and I'm like, man, I, I made two, one of the two uh, decisions of my life. And it, it felt really good making those two. And I don't regret anything that in, in that process that I did. Man, that's 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 honestly super cool to hear too, because it's like coming of age, like right right of passage type thing. Like your dad entrusting you to to really just make like a huge life decision, and essentially you know be a man at a young age, and and you've exceed you know you've made the decision, you've lived with it, and it's given you confidence in yourself to keep doing this in these huge life life decisions. So. I almost wonder if the Saints are uh, the, the right decision for a reason. You know, it's kind of uh, gives you optimism and hope about the future. So you did touch on this earlier, but when you first got to, like, what was it like when you first got to Madison? And um, you mentioned Dakota, but were there any upperclassmen who took you under their wing? Um, I think Dakota was the main main one. Uh, Dari was another one. Uh, so I think those two, obviously, and I was uh, sitting next to Jack Sitchie, Um P.J. Rozowski, that was another dude that a uh, punter that a lot of people probably don't know, but um, I looked at him a lot. Uh, so th- those those guys right there, I think they were very important. Uh, they just to- showed me how to uh, just if you if you want to be successful in life, you got to be uh, act professional and with everything you do, uh, just coaching or uh, going to school, all, all that stuff. Don't miss classes. Make sure you're here on time. Uh, like 15, 10 minutes early, uh, all that, all those little things, uh, working out, make sure you take care of the body, all those little things, to, uh, play the factor. And then it, to make me where I'm at now. So those guys were, uh, very hard on me and I, and I really enjoyed that. Um, so now when I was a upperclassman, I try to act the same way that they gave me, uh, to the younger classmen. So, um, I'm excited for that. We love hearing that, honestly, and I think it's one of those reasons why all these, you know, not as many players transfer out from Madison as maybe some of these other schools. And honestly, the development in Madison is unbelievable because there's almost this like mentorship aspect of it. And it's just a constant theme we've heard time and time again. So I love asking the question and just hearing about that, you know, kind of bringing in the new guard and and like mentoring those those young guys to to even exceed the goals that you guys have set and like all those cool things. Um, so what do you remember most about your camp Randall debut? 
Um, I'm trying to remember. <laughs> um, um, so when I came in, uh, obviously with the, all the fans and stuff in Camp Randall, I think the the first game was uh, at Lambeau Field that I that I oh. recall. Um, and I was sitting on the sideline. I messed up my uh, shoulder, so I had a torn labrum. Um, Damn. so I sat out my uh freshman year, which was very frustrating. Um, but uh, just being around those guys, just they lifted me up and my spirits and stuff. So uh, that definitely helped out. Um, so that was the first experience, and I'm like, wow, uh, that was. <laughs> This is what I'm coming in with. Um, so I was excited for that. And we ended up uh, having a decent season. And then we played in the Cotton Bowl. And that felt good. I was a bowl champion as a freshman. And I'm like, wow, this is if this is how it's going to be. And I'm excited for every every bit of it. And I can't wait uh, for us to excel and hopefully win a national uh, title. And um, we're, we're not going to talk about that. But <laughs> uh, I, during my time there, I uh, had a success successful career so i was happy about that yeah man you guys did a ton of amazing things and and we know it's common you know we know it's it's common and you know it's common uh so eric i have to ask man (laughs) for our listeners with no background eric has been unofficially given the nickname body bag burrell from this (laughs) hard-hitting exciting style of play and that we've touched on during this segment so that being said eric when did you first hear the nickname did any of your teammates pick up on it? And overall, what are your thoughts on it? Does it fit? <laughs> um, when I first heard about it was uh, we had a scrimmage in the indoor McLean. Um, and that was when my freshman year, I was 26 um, with the blonde tips. That was me. And then we had a scrimmage and I was at post safety and Ferg uh, came across the middle and I ended up having a good hit on him, uh, <laughs> and after he was all good, checked out, man, he was like, man, that was the hardest hit you ever gave me, and I was like, well, I apologize, <laughs> um, but uh, I think that's when it started trending and stuff, and then, um, but I don't know, uh, whatever it is, um, I'm just excited that my name is getting out there. Um, it is an edgy but, nickname. <laughs> That's why I wanted no, to it ask. Is. It, you know, it, like, it, no, it came up. It's, it's very unique. I think it's very fitting. Um, but I don't know if I'll be called that. Uh, the, the most one that people will call me is EB or Master EB now. You can call me that. <laughs> uh, yeah. I think that's the most fitting one that I would take. Yeah, I mean, like, it's funny because, like, EB is just natural. You know, it's yeah, uh, for sure. It's easy. But, but, yeah, I really wanted to ask about that just because I know we were kind of egging that on you know we we're definitely egging that nickname <laughs> on with like badges we we're having some fun with it you know because i think it was like you guys had the michigan game or something at camp randall mm-hmm. and it might have been caesar who was like he, he like you're a hit man he, he's like <laughs> she said something like put him in a body bag and i was like or no, he there's said no like, telling about caesar man caesar whatever he comes to mind that moment caesar's gonna say it <laughs> Yeah, and, and, and like I think he also might have said like that boy need a med kit or something. And, oh, uh, I do remember that. I do yeah. remember the med kit. I did. I do remember that. And, and, and man, we were just having a ball watching that game because the city was electric that day. And uh, absolutely, I mean that was just so much fun. That was one of the, my favorite memories of being a Badger fan. So, to the casual fan, Eric. Can you talk maybe for a sec about the subtle differences in technique or mentality when gearing up to deliver a huge hit versus maybe a normal safe tackle? Um, I wouldn't say there's a lot of it. I think it's just 
you just go with it. You know what I mean? You don't think about it. That's True. when I play my best game is when I don't think. When I start thinking, I'm very hesitant uh, hesitant with anything that I do. Uh, so I tried my best just to, okay, I got the play. This is my alignment. This is my assignment. I need to get after it. That's it. That, and just do whatever you can as a safety. Do whatever you can to make sure there's nobody that gets behind you and make sure everything's in front of you and do your best to get a turnover, whatever the case may be. And I, I pride myself in making sure I secure the tackle. I think that's the best thing that I have is just uh, I take pride in tackling. Um, so I just have to have a little force with me and make sure they feel me uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. when, I, when I'm tackling someone. Don't come across the middle round here. Uh, is <laughs> is there a hit you remember is the hardest hit you've ever delivered? And if you can't think of one, what's the first one that comes to your mind? And could you tell us about it? Um. Well, the first one was with Jake Ferguson. I, I really felt like that was the most like <laughs> dominant one that I had. Adam cleared. He wasn't paying attention to me, and uh, I wrapped my arms all around him, and then I just slammed him. <laughs> so they, uh, I think that was the most uh, important one. But then another one was in the Iowa game with Nate Stanley. I think uh, me and Chris Orr. Um, so that, that felt pretty good. And this past year, the one in Iowa, uh, the receiver, um, he had a screen or something like that, and he was just running around our defense and. I ended up catching uh, catching them off guard, and uh, so those three uh, moments would probably be the ones that I felt I took a lot of <laughs> uh, heat for that. But those are probably the three that I I've enjoyed in my college career. <laughs> took some heat for that. That's funny, man. Don't worry, Ike Badgers is always going to be here defending the big hits. Um, so, who is the best offensive player you've ever gone up against in practice? So on the Badgers. Uh, uh... That's a good question. Um, it depends on what you're asking. I think as far as open field space and you're trying to come down and Jonathan Taylor will be the one. He's just so explosive. He's very shifty, everything. like He, he has everything in that. And obviously uh, slots and stuff. I think Quintez Cephas, uh, when mm-hmm. I was going up against him and stuff, he's just very – I don't I don't, he's very aggressive at his top of his routes. He does everything and that's why he's being successful in the league now, man. It's just uh everything he does, man, is just he's he wins up everybody, you know what I mean? He's moving a lot faster than everyone else and uh so those two would probably be the most difficult players that I've went in and practiced. Yeah. No, I love that answer because I, I in my mind I was like he's probably gonna say JT or Quintez, but I didn't <laughs> want to like put words in your mouth. So I, I just like, it's cool how you kind of broke it down both ways. So same question, Eric. Who's the best offensive player you've ever played against? Not on the Badgers. A little different. Uh, I'd probably say J.K. Dobbins. I think Ooh, he was okay. similar to uh, J.T. Uh, he wasn't as fast as him, uh, but he was very explosive. Uh, he was very shifty uh, when he got to the next line. Uh, he can definitely make some some uh, crazy <laughs> Uh, crazy moves and stuff like that and put people on highlight tapes. Uh, I think another one would be uh, Rondell Moore. He's very yeah. electric. You can obviously see that in the draft and all that stuff. So those two, I forgot about Rondell, but uh, I think those two are the most difficult players that I had to go against. Yeah, like that answer as well. Um, what's it like playing with Graham Mertz? And if, in your own words, what makes him unique? 
Um, he's a he's he's a young dude right now. It's always willing to work, always to listen. Uh, I think he has a bright future ahead of him. Uh, I'm excited for him. He's like a little bro to me. Uh, so we talk when we can, but I'm just excited what he has to, what he has in store, man. It's just he's a he's a worker, man. He don't really talk as much. Um, he got a lot of people that uh, hate him for some reason. I don't know why, but you know how that uh, goes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. but uh, and I'm excited for him, man. And I know he has a lot to offer. He's trying his hardest to uh, be the best person he can be. It's, it's just tough being a quarterback, especially with everything that's going on. But I think he's ready up for the challenge, and uh, I'm excited to what he has to bring. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, like you touched on right there, Graham Mertz has a, what I would consider a lot of haters. Um, but but really, you know, that's just Twitter and, and people are very quick to just be irrational on Twitter sometimes. And, uh, you know, we take a lot of pride in just like honestly defending the Badgers and, and just like always painting you guys in a good light um, while also being objective. Uh, but I think, you know, Graham Mertz, he's like Wisconsin's never really had someone of his stature at the quarterback position um, in this day and age of social media, you know, so I think the overwhelming majority of people love and believe in Graham Mertz. And it's always those haters who are the loudest, you know what I'm saying? So I'm sure you've experienced it. I know, uh, I know Ike has experienced it as well, but it means you're doing something right. So, uh, absolutely. (laughs) You know, like Kanye says, um, everybody got to say something. I'll be mad when they say nothing. So, um, tell us about a young player on the Badgers defense. You're really excited about. Um, Probably Dean Ingram. Uh, I think okay. that's one. Yeah, yeah, that's one dude. Uh, he's like a little bro to me. Uh, he came in working. Uh, he just didn't quite understand the playbook yet, uh, but he's definitely working towards that, and I, I think he'll be an uh, exciting player to watch, and he, he's ready for his moment, uh, any moment now. It's, I, I need to hit him up and uh, talk to him about it, but I think he's ready for it. Um, I'm trying to think of who else uh, – I can't think of nobody else, but what comes to mind is probably Dean. Yeah, no, that's cool. That's that's cool. That's a good answer. So I saw you earn your degree in personal finance, and you just earned your master's as well. So I want to say congratulations for that. Thank you. And yeah, no, yeah, that's a huge that's a huge thing, man. So that's huge. Uh, obviously, you have this NFL opportunity, which is a priority. But I want to ask because it's applicable to so many of our listeners. Can you talk about your interest in finance, your experience studying it, and what originally sparked your interest? Yeah, uh, so I had a scholarship donor in high school. Uh, He's with Morgan Stanley. Uh, He was a finance guy, and uh, he was pretty successful. (laughs) And I sat down and talked to him, and it's just everything that he did uh, intrigued me. Um, So that's really how it started. And just my dad, he's a hard worker. Everything that he does is uh, he tries to um, better everybody else, uh, just – better his family and show his kids uh if you want to be successful in life you got to go get it so that's definitely how it started um and then I just ended up just following falling in love with that and uh, I was excited for it yeah I mean like I it's one of my things where um when I'm not or I guess it is almost a little bit of a part of Ike at this point but uh it's always just been like one of the things that really is interesting to me is just like the whole world of finance, the markets and how, how complex and deep they are. And it's Mm -hmm. something that really, you know, they don't teach a lot of in schools, but uh, is valuable for everyone to know. 
Um, so, so yeah, it's cool to kind of hear your, your interest in that. And one last question before we go on to the lightning round. If you were to describe Eric Burrell's personal brand, how would you describe it? Um, as far as what? What do you mean by that? <laughs> yeah, you know, and I, I like to leave the question really open-ended. Okay. Um, but yeah, just like, you know, Eric Burrell's personal brand. Not like okay. necessarily. Yeah, I guess I don't, no, I don't even want to I, I got you. Yeah. <laughs> no, I got you. Um, so I ended up, uh, when I was young, I, uh, like I said earlier uh, during the podcast, um, the Elevate Beyond, uh, I have a clothing line that's uh, coming out. Uh, soon not sure when but it, it will come out uh, so those two words uh, elevate beyond uh, it started when I was younger uh, when I said earlier I wasn't the fastest I wasn't the strongest uh, and all that stuff but I'm gonna outwork you uh, so if you if you want to be successful in anything that you do football related uh, in the corporate role in any anything that you do uh, you got to be successful and there's always guys out there that's willing to take your spot uh, so you got to go uh, elevate yourself and beyond uh, anything that you do in life. Um, so those words stuck, stuck by me. And um, that's what I continue to do till this day. And that, that those two words definitely helped me out uh, who I am today. It's just elevate uh, yourself and just go above and beyond of the person that you want to be if you want to be successful in this world. Man, that was really cool to hear. And we're excited to check out Elevate Beyond and all our listeners are as well. So that wraps up the main portion, and now we're going to do the lightning round, where all I ask is that you keep the answers to, like, one or two sentences max. Sound good? Perfect. All right, so here we go. Um, what's your go-to meal lately? Uh, Chipotle. Um, I, I love Chipotle. I get the brown rice, black beans, chicken, corn, sour cream, and cheese. That's mm -hmm. it with the vinaigrette. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, who's a musical artist you've been listening to a lot this year? Um, Drake and Lil Wayne, uh, obviously I'll, I'll throw a little baby in there. Those three, uh, that I really listen to on a daily. <laughs> Wants and needs. That was, that was a great one. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, first app you usually check in the morning? Uh, probably Instagram. I just like to see what's on the feed. Um, I just scroll a little bit and then I'll get off and get up. <laughs> yep. Apple music or Spotify? Apple Music, Apple Music. A good book you've read? Uh, I don't know. I'm stuck on that. I, I don't really like reading much. Uh, <laughs> I'm not sure, honestly. Yeah, I don't have I, an I, answer. Are you reading The Traveler's Gift, or was that the uh like the That was team? in the recent. Uh, uh, that I think I read that like two years ago. I don't remember yeah. what it's about, but <laughs> or I, okay, one one uh, book that I have is "Make Your Bed." Um, I forgot the artist, but uh, that was what we had to do, or the the author, um, Coach Chris assigned that. So that was the book that I "Make Your Bed." Okay, uh, what's a favorite class you've ever taken? Uh, probably stats three hundred one. Hmm. I okay. enjoyed that. <laughs> it's really applicable to what you do. So that's uh, yeah, a fine answer football. <laughs> Next place you want to visit? Uh, New Orleans. <laughs> okay, how about outside of New Orleans? We know you want to go there. Uh, I don't know. That's a good question. Um, 
Colorado that I I think I want to go out there and see what the hikes and all that stuff is about. Yeah. Uh, if you do ever get the chance to get to Telluride, it's kind of hard to get to, but old mining town, um, you know, check out some pics on Instagram or something. You would not regret it. Uh, okay. Perfect. Favorite sport outside of football. Basketball. That's all I do is watch basketball. That's all I do. <laughs> okay. Uh, what do you think of Giannis? Um, I like Giannis. I wish he had a better jumper. Uh, but other than that, the dude's a beast. Uh, I'm a LeBron fan. <laughs> so I, I try my best to uh, watch LeBron all the time. But uh, I, I'm a fan of Giannis. Yeah, okay. If you could start or pursue any charity, what would it be? Um. So I, I met this I, – I don't know if I can do it in a sentence, but oh, yeah, uh, I met this uh, little girl named Gracie uh, when I was in Madison. Uh, she had autism. Um, and uh, that's probably somewhere in related to that or Down syndrome. Uh, I think that's probably the first char- charity that I want to go to. Uh, she's a best friend of mine. Um, so I tried my best to reach out to her and talk. Uh, she's 14 years old. Um, she lives in Madison with her, her family. Man, that's amazing. Uh, we always like to wrap up our show this way. How's the family and how is Eric Burrell, the person, doing? The family's doing well, man. Just continue to work. Uh, ain't nothing changed. <laughs> it's the same old. Just family. Just want to better the everybody. Obviously, you do your one of, I don't know, <laughs> everyone. My my brothers, my sisters, my mom, my dad, literally everybody. Uh, just want to better their futures. Um and then uh, Eric Burrell is doing well. I'm just excited, man. I'm just working out every day and just taking care of the body. And uh, when I get to New Orleans, man, I'll just be ready ready to go. Yeah. So that wraps things up for today. We want to thank Eric for coming on the show. Eric, any final thoughts? No, sir. Thank you for having me. I, I, I enjoyed the conversation that we had. Yeah, we really enjoyed talking as well. I think we kind of went very off script on this one, but uh, that's fun to do (laughs) because it's just natural that way. So thank you for listening, Badgers fans. If you enjoyed this episode and want to help support the show, easiest way to do that or simply tell a friend, tell another Badgers fan, subscribe or leave a five-star review. All those things really help and are deeply appreciated. And if you're on Twitter, that's a great way to connect with us and other Badgers fans as well. Um, You can find us at Ike Badgers, where we post analysis, highlight scores, and more. And we keep it pure sports without the politics. Eric, do you want to tell everyone uh, where they can connect with you? Um, Yeah, uh, Instagram and Twitter, just Eric Burrell underscore. Uh, It's pretty simple. (laughs) Awesome. And um, is there an account for the brand yet or – no, uh, I'm trying to figure that out, and I'm going to just work on the website. And once I get uh, get that going, you'll definitely uh, see it on uh, social media. Good deal. Uh, lastly, if you're an athlete or business and want to talk branding, or maybe even think about starting a podcast of your own, check out our brand new website at ikepodcast.com. A lot of exciting things to come. My name is KJ Ikestead, and this has been another great episode of the Ike Badgers podcast with Eric Burrell. Until next time, Badgers fans, 